You are listening to the Tove Podcast. Welcome to the Tove Podcast. My name is Levi Hazen. I have the privilege of being your host for today, as well as serving as the Executive Director for Life and Messiah International. For over 135 years, Life and Messiah staff have been faithfully and diligently focused on God's calling upon their lives, which includes sharing the good news with Jewish communities around the world, as well as helping fellow believers understand the Jewish roots of our faith. You can learn more about the work that God's doing through our staff by visiting us on the web at lifeinmessiah.org. Well, today on the Tove Podcast, we are going to attempt to answer the question, Who is the prophet like Moses? Our study title is derived from a particular passage in Deuteronomy, that being chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. By the end of this episode, you'll learn several things. First, you'll learn what a parallel is. Second, you'll learn some unique parallels between Moses and this other biblical figure. In addition, you'll learn where in the Bible these parallels can be found for further study. I encourage you to ask yourself, and of course God, the question as each parallel is explored. Who is the prophet like Moses? And after listening to the podcast, would you mind reviewing it? Reviews and ratings help others learn about the Tove podcast, as well as the work of Life and Messiah. So, Our first topic to address on today's episode is, what's a parallel? According to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the noun form of the word parallel is a character used in printing, especially as a reference mark, and also a comparison to show resemblance. Parallels span both the Hebrew Bible and the New Covenant Scriptures. If there were not one divine author behind the Bible, that's the Holy Spirit, we might be inclined to write off these parallels found in the Bible as coincidences or textual fraud. However, since we believe that the entire Bible is inspired by God as he moved in the human authors to write through their own styles and personalities, we understand that the parallels we find in the text of the Bible are intentional, intended by the divine author. Now, it should be noted that parallels are found in the text. We do not place parallels onto the text by filling in the blanks or forcing something to fit our preconceived ideas or theories. The Bible is a book of inspired text, and that's what we have to interpret. We do not interpret events, as it's impossible to do so. We interpret the text And therefore, we're concerned with parallels and teachings brought out by the text. A solid parallel is exegeted, or taken out of, the text. It is not placed onto the text, assumed into the text, or certainly not added to the text. Now, each of the parallels that we'll cover today is text-based. In each example, we'll study Moses first, and then the second figure next. It is my hope that by learning about these parallels, 
we will have a better sensitivity to and understanding of the Bible's use of parallels and will fall more deeply in love with God and His Word. Without further ado, let's read our text that inspires today's message. For the sake of context, we'll start in verse 9 of Deuteronomy 18, and we'll read all the way through verse 22. Quote, When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not imitate the detestable customs of those nations. No one among you is to make his son or daughter pass through the fire. Practice divination, tell fortunes, interpret omens, practice sorcery, cast spells, consult a medium or a familiar spirit, or inquire of the dead. Everyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. And the Lord your God is driving out the nations before you because of these detestable things. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. Though these nations you are about to drive out listen to fortune tellers and diviners, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. This is what you requested from the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly. When you said, Let us not continue to hear the voice of the Lord our God or see this great fire any longer so that we'll not die. Then the Lord said to me, They have spoken well. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I command him. I will hold accountable whoever does not listen to my words that he speaks in my name. But the prophet who dares to speak a message in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet must die. You may say to yourself, how can we recognize a message the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the Lord's name and the message does not come true or is not fulfilled, that is a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. Do not be afraid of him. End quote. Now, there are several observations to make about this passage before we get into our parallels. Number one, here in Deuteronomy 18, God promises to raise up a prophet like Moses. What does it mean to be a prophet like Moses? Wasn't Moses like all the other prophets who followed him? Well, not really. In Numbers chapter 12, verses 4 through 9, we are clued in on why Moses was unique from all the other prophets. There, in Numbers chapter 12, beginning in verse 4, we read, quote, Suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, You three come out to the tent of the meeting. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of cloud, stood at the entrance to the tent, and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them came forward, he said, Listen to what I say. If there's a prophet among you from the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Verse 7. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my household. I speak with him directly, openly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. So why were you afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The Lord's anger burned against them, and he left. Now, what we read there in Numbers chapter 12 sets Moses apart from other prophets. God speaks to Moses differently than he does other prophets. How? Well, the text says by speaking to him directly, openly. And as the ESV 
puts it, mouth to mouth, which basically means face to face. Our second observation about this passage is that this future prophet like Moses will be from Moses's brothers. Now, who are Moses's brothers? Well, that would be the Israelites of his day, what we call the Jewish people today. So, this future prophet like Moses would be unique like Moses, speaking to God face to face, and he would be Jewish. Finally, we're told to listen to this future prophet like Moses. Why? Because a prophet of God declares the words of God, which are always true. Now, it's time for us to begin looking at other unique aspects of Moses' life to see that there are certain parallels between the life of Moses and the life of the Messiah. Our first parallel is about the birth of both Moses and Messiah. Shortly after the birth of both of these individuals, someone in power tried to kill innocent children. After Moses is born in Egypt, we read the following in Exodus chapter 1, verse 22, quote, Pharaoh then commanded all his people, You must throw every son born to the Hebrews into the Nile, but let every daughter live, end quote. There, in Exodus chapter 1, we clearly see evil intentions of a powerful political ruler, intentions to harm innocent children who are precious in God's sight and made in his image. Now, on to the Messiah. After the Messiah was born, we read the following in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, quote, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been outwitted by the wise men, flew into a rage. He gave orders to massacre all the male children in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, in keeping with the time he had learned from the wise men. End quote. Now, as we can clearly see from these two passages, the enemy of mankind, the devil, used political rulers to kill innocent children in the lives of both Moses and the Messiah. Our second parallel is this. Both Moses and Messiah had to flee their native land because of persecution. After Moses murders an Egyptian for beating a fellow Hebrew, we read the following about his flight to Midian in Exodus chapter 2, verse 15. Quote, When Pharaoh heard about this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian and sat down by a well. End quote. Now, on to the Messiah. After the threat of Herod's persecution, the Messiah and his family fled to Egypt. We pick up in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, quote, After they were gone, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and escaped to Egypt. End quote. There we can clearly see, from Exodus chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 2, that both Moses and the Messiah had to flee their native land due to persecution. That brings us to our third parallel between the life of Moses and the life of the Messiah. And that's this, a time of fasting. In Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, we read that Moses fasted for a certain time before he delivered God's holy words to the people. Quote, Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He did not eat bread or drink water. He wrote the Ten Commandments, the words of the covenant, on the tablets. End quote. 
And in the New Covenant Scriptures, we also read about a period of time Messiah fasted and prayed. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2 says, After he, being the Messiah, had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. End quote. It was only after that time of fasting that Messiah began to preach about the kingdom of heaven, as we see in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. Our fourth parallel between Moses and Messiah is their mountaintop experiences. And we'll explore that parallel when we come back from our commercial break on the Tove Podcast. Since 1887, Life in Messiah has helped Christians understand the Jewish roots of our faith and God's ongoing commitment to His people. We teach that anti-Semitism is inconsistent with biblical faith and we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, which includes her spiritual renewal as well as physical safety. In all we do, our priority is to share the gospel message. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or at lifeinmessiah.org. That's lifeinmessiah.org. Welcome back to the Tove Podcast, where we are asking the question, who is this prophet like Moses? And specifically, our question derives from the text, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 15 through 19. So far, we have brought out three parallels between the life of Moses and the life of the Messiah. Our first parallel is about their births. Both Moses and the Messiah had someone in power who tried to kill innocent children right when they were born. Our second parallel is that both Moses and Messiah had to flee their native land because of persecution. And our third parallel is that both Moses and the Messiah spent a period of time fasting before they began declaring the words of God, that period of time lasting 40 days and 40 nights. And we are now ready for our fourth parallel which is that both Moses and the Messiah had what can best be explained as a mountaintop experience. In Exodus chapter 19, verse 20, we read about Moses going up the mountain to receive God's words. Quote, The Lord came down on Mount Sinai at the top of the mountain. Then the Lord summoned Moses to the top of the mountain, and he went up. End quote. For the Messiah we see that he actually delivered God's words from a mountain. Now, this mount, also known as the Mount of Beatitudes, can be found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. For the sake of time, we'll just read the first three verses. Quote, When he, being the Messiah, saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, The poor in spirit are blessed, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. End quote. Again, that portion of scripture in Matthew chapter 5 is often referred to as the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount because of the location of the event. This brings us to our fifth parallel between Moses and Messiah, and it's this the authority of both were questioned by their own people. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 14, Moses is questioned. There we read the following, quote, Who made you a leader and judge over us? The man replied, 
Are you planning to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? End quote. Readers of the text know that it was indeed God who made Moses a leader of the people, despite the reality that he murdered an Egyptian. The Messiah's God-given authority over his people was also questioned. We read about an instance of that in Matthew chapter 13, verses 54 and 55. Quote, He, being the Messiah, went to his hometown and began to teach them in their synagogue, so that they were astonished and said, How did this wisdom and these miracles come to him? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? End quote. And in another instance, after the Messiah heals a man, he's approached by some religious authorities. We find this instance in Matthew chapter 21, verses 23 to 27, where it reads, quote, When he, the Messiah, entered the temple complex, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority? Jesus answered them, I will also ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I'll tell you by what authority I do these things. Where did John's baptism come from? From heaven or from men? They began to argue among themselves, If we say from heaven, he'll say to us, Then why didn't you believe him? But if we say from men, well, we're afraid of the crowd, because everybody thought John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We don't know. And he, being Jesus, said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. End quote. There we can clearly see in two separate instances that both the authority of Moses and Messiah were questioned by their own people. Our sixth parallel is this. Both the faces of Moses and Messiah shone with God's glory. We read about this experience for Moses in Exodus chapter 34, 29 to 30, where it says, quote, As Moses descended from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hands as he descended the mountain, he did not realize that the skin of his face shone as a result of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, the skin of his face shone. They were afraid to come near him. End quote. And for the Messiah, we read about his experience in the event of his transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 2. Quote, After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. He was transformed in front of them, and his face shone like the sun. Even his clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. End quote. What's so interesting about the transfiguration event is that Moses and Jesus are seen speaking to one another. This event likely happened on Mount Hermon. That's Israel's tallest mountain in the far north of the country. Even though the traditional site that most tour groups visit is on top of Mount Tabor in the Lower Galilee, there are several reasons why Mount Hermon is more likely, mainly having to do with the travel time of Jesus and his disciples. Our seventh and final parallel between Moses and Messiah is that both figures, through the power of God, exercised control over water. For Moses, we see this in the parting of the Red Sea, 
Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 through 22, relays the following, quote, The Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp. As for you, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I'm going to harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, and I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh, all his army, and his chariots and horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am Yahweh when I receive glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going in front of the Israelite forces, moved and went behind them. The pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and stood behind them. It came between the Egyptian and Israelite forces. The cloud was there in the darkness, yet it lit up the night. So neither group came near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back with a powerful east wind all that night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground, with the waters like a wall to them on their right and their left. End quote. Oh, what a magnificent display of God's power through Moses. The Messiah also exercised great power and authority over the waters, except instead of the Red Sea, it was in the Sea of Galilee. We read about this instance in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 32. Quote, Immediately he, being Jesus, made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. And after dismissing the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already over a mile from land, battered by the waves, because the wind was against them. Around three in the morning, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Immediately Jesus spoke to them, Have courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter answered him, command me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And climbing out of the boat, Peter started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the strength of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand, caught hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those in the boat worshipped him and said, Truly you are the Son of God. End quote. At the end of Deuteronomy, shortly after writing about the death of Moses, the author informs us of an important clue. Deuteronomy chapter 34, verses 9 through 10 says this, quote, Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Verse 10 is a very key verse that relates to our episode today. It says this, No prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. He was unparalleled for all the signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do against the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to all his land. And for all the mighty acts of power and terrifying deeds that Moses performed in the sight of all Israel. End quote. 
Looking for a prophet like Moses was apparently a big deal. Have you found the prophet like Moses? Could it be that a Jewish author writing in around 60 AD was correct when he wrote the following, quote, But what God predicted through the mouth of all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer, he has fulfilled in this way. Therefore, repent and turn back, so that your sins may be wiped out, that seasons of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus, Yeshua, who has been appointed for you as the Messiah. Heaven must welcome him until the times of the restoration of all things, which God spoke about by the mouth of his holy prophets from the beginning. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your brothers. You must listen to him in everything he will say to you. And everyone who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from the people. In addition, all the prophets who have spoken, from Samuel and those after him, have also announced these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your ancestors, saying to Abraham, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through your offspring. God raised up his servant and sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your evil ways. Of course, here at the Tove Podcast, we believe the prophet like Moses to be Jesus the Messiah, And perhaps you've not yet been presented with the opportunity to ask yourself the question, who is the prophet like Moses? I want to take the opportunity to ask you if you would consider searching for the prophet like Moses today. And for those of us who already know the prophet like Moses, for those of us who already believe that the Messiah has arrived and he's the one that all the prophets wrote about, a good question for today is, Who can we share the prophet like Moses with today? Well, thank you so much for listening to the Tove Podcast. If you'd like to listen to previous episodes, feel free to check us out at lifeinmessiah.org. Again, if you haven't done so yet, take a quick minute to review and rate the Tove Podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.